Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today at the podcast. Uh, I've got, you know, a couple things going on. First of all, I have subscribed to Donald Trump on Twitter. And uh, wow, I told my husband this morning, I said, every day I wake up and crazy things are happening in the world around me. I feel like I'm uh, living in the twilight zone sometimes. <laughs> we were talking about it the other day and just our need to pray for our leaders. And I have been... Uh, you know, and for the most part, you know, sometimes I just feel like, oh my goodness, someone needs to take uh, Trump's Twitter account away from him. And other times I'm thinking, boy, that was really refreshing. It's so nice to just hear what somebody's thinking instead of wondering about it. But either which way, we need to be praying for our leaders. And so I've been praying every day that God would surround uh, Mr. Trump with godly counsel and that his advisors would be godly men. The Bible has so much to say about what happens to nations who are ruled by people who are ungodly and unwise. And so I've been praying, and I hope that you guys are doing the same thing. I kind of want to start out the podcast today by um, doing something I don't normally do, and that is to give you a couple of book recommendations. I've been talking about reading the Bible this year, and you guys know uh, that I'm really trying to move you towards scripture writing and getting into the Bible. And I'm thrilled with the, uh, how many of you are actually sending me pictures of your scripture writing and tagging me on Facebook and Instagram. It's really, really encouraging for me and exciting to see uh, the Lord just uh, changing your life through the simple reading and writing of His Word. It really is a powerful tool. So don't forget to check that out. Uh, you can find it at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. Uh, they are free. There's a, a guide up for 2016, and there's a brand new one for 2017. The 2016 one, if you decide you want to do that, uh, it has also a companion because it's the whole thing is finished. And so it also has a laminated companion that goes along with it. And you can uh, it's bound by a little O-ring, and you can uh, carry it in your purse or your diaper bag. Anyway, I really like that thing. So go ahead and just uh, check that out. I will link back to it at the show notes today so you can get directly to it. But it's $10 for the month of January, and then it'll go up to its regular price. And it's really a worthy investment. And I've given them to my daughters, and they are scripture writing with me this year. For those of you who have little kids, we have made uh, copywork pages. And so you know it'll take you 15 minutes. Just sit down with your kids and let them watch you. Uh, be in the Word of God and write God's Word out. All right, so a couple of books that I wanted to recommend, and I'll link back to them uh, so you don't have to uh, go searching for them. But Timothy Keller has a new book out called Making Sense of God. Now, some of you are familiar with uh, Timothy Keller and some of you aren't, but uh, this, I love actually almost everything he's ever written. He's a very wise man. And one of the things I love about him is he's kind of this, he's kind of a no-nonsense Bible teacher. And uh there's a book that's been out for a while called The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism, and I think that was written in 2009. Totally worth it. Totally worth it just to have that thing sitting around uh, and read it. He is the, uh, Tim Keller was the pastor, or is the pastor, or the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, and we have several friends who attend his church, and he just has a really good way about him of just uh, offering up um, a defense for the Bible and a defense for God. So this is kind of an apologetics uh, for uh, Christian faith, and I think you guys will really en enjoy it. So that's the reason for God: belief in an age of skepticism. And then the new one that he ca that he has that came out just this last year in 2016 uh, is actually I was reading that it's up for several awards, and this is what made me kind of interested in it. I thought, man, I need to get that one too, which I think I'm going to. But in the book, Keller says we were made for love without parting. We are trapped in a world of death, a world for which we were not designed. 
If we have not a self after death, then we have lost everything because we have lost what we want in life, and that is love. And then he goes on to deal with some common objections to the Bible, uh, like our, you know, our suffering and hell unfair. Uh, is the Bible full of holes? You know, we hear a lot. You're hearing a lot of even uh, Christian pastors today, and I use the word pastor loosely because you're hearing people who claim the name of Jesus saying that the Bible is no longer relevant, that, that the Bible is not necessarily inerrant, that it's not necessarily uh, infallible. And Timothy Keller goes goes on and makes a really great uh, defense and apologetic of the Bible. Uh, I was reading his review on Amazon, and it says, we live in an age of skepticism. Our society places such faith in empirical reason, historical progress, and heartfelt emotion that it's easy to wonder why should anyone believe in Christianity? What role can faith and religion play in a modern life? So check it out, Timothy Keller, Making Sense of God, um, both of those books, and I'll link back to him today, I think wonderful for you to have in your library. Uh, The Bible says that we're supposed to be able to give uh, a reason for the hope that lies within us. The other book that I really have had for several years and really enjoy was written by Henry and Richard Blackaby. Henry, of course, did Experiencing God, which my husband and I went through years and years ago when our kids were little. But again, really solid theology and really uh, just deep reading. But he has a 366-day devotional because he, he does one extra at the end of the year. And it's called Being Still with God. And it's just very short, really easy to read. It's a really great companion to scripture writing, a great uh, companion just to your, to your daily Bible reading. And uh, so that's called Being Still with God. So those are three books, the two of them by Tim Keller, and then one of them by uh, Henry and Richard Blackaby that I think would be a really great addition to your library uh, in 2017. So uh, get into the word. It's really... Uh, it's really an amazing to see what happens when we decide to make it a priority. So I talked about exercise the other day, and I'm happy to tell you that I've actually exercised two days in a row. So for me, it's some sort of a Christmas miracle. I started back up again the other day, and within, I think, six minutes, I was like huffing and puffing, and it was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying. And I think some of you who are, you know, you're really great at exercising, but your spiritual muscles are really weak. So maybe we can encourage each other. You guys can encourage me to get back on the exercise wagon. And I thought, you know what, I can do this for 15 minutes. So I started off with just my getting back into it, you know, 15 minutes, my knees hurt. And I thought, man, I got to I gotta up the ante here. So let's do that with our walk with God in 2017. Um, God wants us to be strong in his word and strong uh, physically and strong emotionally. And that takes time and it takes commitment. And so I drug my sorry rear end out of bed uh, when it was still dark. I hate that. Uh, I live, you know, closer up here uh, to uh, the uh, North Pole. <laughs> It's really dark in the morning, and it's hard for me to get out of bed. But I've just been really asking the Lord uh, to help me be disciplined because I know that I need it, and uh, the same it's the same thing with being in the Word. Uh, all right, I'm on my way to San Diego. I leave on Friday. I will be there this weekend. If you are anywhere in the San Diego area, come out and uh, see me this weekend. I'm going to be doing their mom conference. Uh, I'm doing Mom on a Mission And I've got a lot on my heart for this weekend, and I've been talking to these women for a while. They are planning a fantastic event. So that would be Friday night and all day Saturday, and I think that you'll love it. I'm going to link back to it today, along with Scripture Writing Challenge and all those things. Also, I'm going to link back to the necklaces. So if you haven't checked out my Scripture necklaces that are brand new for 2017, 
And also, of course, there's uh, there's the arrow pendants that I've had out now for about a year. Um, check them out. It's a really great way to just wear reminders of truths of God's word around your neck. No joke. All right. So I got an, an email not too long ago from a mom who's having some trouble with uh, her kids. She's having some trouble disciplining. And uh, I think we can all agree that we're all having trouble with that from time to time. I actually posted something on Facebook the other day. And you guys, if you follow me on Facebook, I just want to say a lot of the stuff I put on there, it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> it doesn't, don't have to take it so seriously. Anyway, I posted a picture, kind of a meme of uh, what I thought parenting was going to be like, you know, with my kids close in age. And it showed these this, this little boy and little girl and they're holding hands. And then right next to it, it said what it's actually like. And it was two kangaroos uh, fighting with each other. <laughs> And someone said to me, actually, a whole bunch of people were like, uh, my kids never fight. I've never, my kids are very close. My kids are two and three, and they've never had an argument. And I was like, I'm giving you five Pinocchios for that. (laughs) That one just earned five Pinocchios. Listen, you guys, if parenting doesn't drive you to the edge, sometimes you're doing it wrong. And uh, that's because... God wants to mold you and shape you through the process of parenting your children. And it's a reminder that we're in a spiritual battle. I tell parents this all the time, and I'm going to be talking about it in San Diego this weekend. The Bible says that we are supposed to be alert and of sober mind because we have an enemy, the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And sometimes he uses our children, right? <laughs> to sort of drive us crazy and drive us to our knees and, uh, I have been parenting, you know, for a long time. Our oldest daughter is 25 years old and I still have a six-year-old at home. And some days I feel like, man, I, I, I'm just killing it at this mothering thing. I've got this down. I'm doing such a good job. And there are other days when I'm like, you know, here's 17 uh, hours of videos and I'll see you tomorrow, right? So we kind of go back and forth with parenting, but the thing is we cannot give up. Um, our job really uh, is a lifelong job. And this is kind of what I'm discovering. And when we become parents, there's a thousand different personalities that can come out of two parents, right? My husband and I are talking about this a lot, uh, that, you know, he was, he and I obviously came from uh, very different environments. We were raised very differently, but we have uh, seven children together and they all have such different personalities. It's amazing. We call it sort of a variation on a theme, but I wanted to go through some of the personalities uh, in our kids today and I'll continue this discussion on Friday. Uh, and I'm going to actually see if I can get my friend Rachel Carmen to come on in a couple of uh, weeks with me because she's got a lot to say about this. But I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with uh, with a discipline issue in your kids, the first thing you want to do is cry out to the Lord. Go before the Lord and say, Father, help me see what is behind this particular behavior in my child, because you want to look at the root of the problem and not the fruit. So I, when I when I talk about this with moms, I, also, I often think of uh, Ramona. So some of you guys will remember Ramona the Pest, right? I read almost all of Beverly Cleary's books when I was growing up. I think maybe my fourth grade teacher thought I was Ramona. I could be wrong, but I think maybe that maybe that's how I got started reading those books. Hey, wait, all of a sudden I feel insecure. Anyway, that's another podcast. But I was I want to address the email I got because I want to start with just talking about those of you who have a child who struggles with anger. So you have an angry child, and so you're usually when when a child is angry, they're feeling like it's them against the world. And so uh, we got to pray for God's spirit. We need to pray, Father, help me see the root of this anger in my child. And so the best thing in your toolbox, if you're struggling with a child who has 
uh, outbursts of anger or who is just angry in general, you know, tends to be a fit thrower or um, hit their siblings or whatever. Uh, the root of this almost always is uh, injustice, right? The child feels like they're, it's them against the world. And when people mistreat us, but there's nothing that we can do about it, a child, they may they may not have a reason to feel like they've been treated unjustly, or maybe they do, but that's typically where that anger comes from, is they feel like somehow uh, they've been wronged. And so the best tool in your uh, toolbox for a child like this is just to pray for him, really pray for him. Something that uh, I've been committed to doing along with my husband for many years, is to just pray for our children, each of them, uh, by name. And I was actually praying for my kids this morning, and they they each have different things that they struggle with and different uh, hopes and dreams and things that Jay and I want for our children. And (laughs) I had to laugh. Uh, Maybe it was not this morning. Maybe it was a couple mornings ago, but I uh, I was by myself, and I was just praying out loud to the Lord. I like to go in my closet because I I get less distracted when I can pray out loud. When I'm praying quietly to myself, uh, I tend to start thinking about the laundry and other things. So if I'm talking, I tend to sort of stay focused. And as I was just praying for the kids, I realized, you know, I get down to my fourth child and I still have three more to go. And I laughed out loud. I was like, Lord, you know, I said, pray for Savannah, and I was praying for her marriage and her parenting, and then Sierra, and then Skylar, and then I had some specific things I was praying for Spencer, and then I was like, and Lord, Summer and Sydney and Sailor, and just please help me not to grow weary. (laughs) Kind of that's sort of how we felt. So if you're struggling with a child that uh, you're just, you're not sure what to do, I want to remind you what the Bible says in Romans. Romans 12, 21 says, don't let yourself be overcome by evil, but instead overcome or master evil with good. How do you do that? You do that by prayer and by being in the word, by just coming back to the Lord over and over again. And another verse that uh, comes to mind is from Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9. It says, don't be quick to become angry. Anger lodges in the hearts of fools. And as your children get older, this is something that you can do as you parent them. Take them back to the Word of God and say, listen, the Bible is our guidebook for life. And the Bible tells us not to become angry quickly because it actually shows that we're a fool. The Bible says that anger lodges or takes up residence in the hearts of fools. How many decisions uh, that we make in anger, we turn around later and go, well, that wasn't such a good idea, right? And so we want to teach our kids how to uh, be controlled by the Spirit. That self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And so as we're teaching our children uh, what it means to walk with God, first thing we do is model it, right? And the next thing we do is teach it. So you have to be able to model it yourself. I'm always telling moms, you can't give your kids what you don't have. And so if we want our kids to be self-controlled, they need to see self-control in us. Years ago, uh, I had a a really good friend who was struggling with a child who uh, had an anger problem. And this child was particularly disrespectful uh, to her mom. And I noticed that disrespect over and over and over again. And then I also noticed something else in her mother. And that was when the child was disrespectful to the mom, the mother immediate was, immediately was disrespectful to the child and yelling at the child. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never yelled at my kids because that'd be lying. <laughs> but I will say that whenever I have done it, I have regretted it. And when you, uh, if you realize, boy, I'm doing this wrong, don't be afraid to go back to your child and say, listen, I'm sorry, I am not handling this the way God would want me to handle it, and I'm going to do better. And then resolve to do better. 
and go to your child and say, this is what the Bible says. Let your child see that you wrestle also, right? We wrestle with our flesh, don't we, as human beings? And so we want to be taking our kids back to the Word of God. I have specifically, for those of you who have boys, um, a friend of mine said to me a long time ago, uh, you know, because we there's a point in which we realize our bo- the boys tend to sort of use physical. You know, they get physical when they get angry, and the girls tend to be manipulative. <laughs> it's not always this way, but kind of it is. And my friend said, "You need to tell your boys that they're beating up the devil when they conquer their anger." And I thought that was really good. It was a a really good way for them to say, "Listen, you want to beat somebody up? Beat up the devil." And you do that when you conquer your anger, and you can conquer your anger by taking it before the Lord. It's not easy, but we can trust God to do what we can't do. And the bottom line is, we need to learn to trust God, and we need our children to learn to do it too. So first we uh, take it to the Lord in prayer, we model it, and then we uh, we we bring these issues before our children. Uh, I want to leave you with one parting thought. You know, I, I have a friend uh, right now who's struggling with a very defiant toddler, and I'm sure she's not alone. I actually don't have a toddler in my house right now. Um, And so I'm recovering from the PTSD of having seven toddlers. (laughs) But I just want to just remind you really quickly that it is so important for you when your children are young, especially when they're very young and you see these traits in them, because we all struggle. We're going to struggle with our flesh. Your kids are no different than you are to really do what God says to do, which is to discipline your children, to be on it. It is so easy to give up. It's so easy to just, you know, Uh, pacify your kids, to give them what they want. And I'm telling you what, a defiant two-year-old is a whole lot easier to handle than a defiant 17-year-old. And we want to do what God says to do, which is to train up our children in the way they should go. And that means that it's that you we discipline them consistently, that we don't let things slide, that we uh, overcome evil with with good, exactly what the Bible says in Romans 12, 21. So I really uh, am praying for you guys this week. I'm going to come back actually on Friday and deal with a couple more issues. Uh, the first one I want to talk about on Friday is pride. And that's the child who stands up. uh, When you tell them to sit down, they might sit down on the outside, but they are standing on the inside. Some of you have kids like that. Um, I have been, I've dealt with that over the years in my home too. And I also want to talk about laziness and what that looks like uh, in the heart of a child and what you can do as parents to really encourage your children uh, to grow in the Lord. We want to be discipling our kids. It's not enough to parent them. We want to be discipling our children so that they not only know the Lord for themselves, um, but they want to follow Him. And that really is the challenge of every Christian parent. So take it before the Lord today and trust that He is going to help you. God is your helper. He says, don't grow weary in doing good, because if you don't give up in due season, there will be a harvest of joy. And that's what we're looking for. So hang in there. Don't give up on parenting your kids. I'm going to link back to those books I was talking about earlier in the podcast and also the scripture writing challenge. And for those of you who are in the San Diego area, I am looking forward to seeing you guys on Friday. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at The Busy Mom.